Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The Apostle Paul's first epistle to the believers in Corinth was of 16 chapters and was full of his strong rebuke and argument with the church there. In that letter, he subdued them and defeated them. Now, in his second letter, just as a parent would spend a long period of time to comfort and encourage a child that has received a strong chastisement, Paul ministers the comforting ointment and the encouragement of love. Listen to his opening words in this cherishing epistle. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus through the will of God and Timothy the brother, to the church of God which is in Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassions and God of all comfort. This is a very subjective book, Second Corinthians, whereby Paul brings the Corinthians back to the experience of Christ. And it's a book that can lead us to experience Christ as well. Francis Ball has joined us as we begin this life study, the life study of Second Corinthians. Very tender opening, isn't it, Francis? It really is a very tender opening and very much like a parent trying to comfort his child that he's just had to spank yeah. or discipline in some way. Well, certainly Paul disciplined the church in Corinth with his first epistle, and by the mercy of the Lord, they took that discipline, and now he's giving them a word of comfort. I think this is a most tender book in the New Testament. It is very much so, and as we just said a little bit, and I think we'll hear a lot in the coming messages, it's a book that is full of the experience of Christ. It's not a book that's rich in doctrine, you know, for those who uh, try to understand the Bible that way. It has, time after time, a tender, experiential, and sweet quality about it. And we see it, especially as you just pointed out, after Paul has had to be very stern in a sense, quite strong, very much acting almost as a parent, even refers to himself as a spiritual father in uh, 1 Corinthians. And the church there really needed this kind of correction, didn't they, Francis? Yes, they did. There were so many problems in Corinth that needed a strong, decisive word from the apostle that could bring them back to Christ. And we saw when we went through 1 Corinthians on these programs that Paul dealt with them in such a way as to always bring them to Christ and bring Christ to them. So in this second epistle, he brings them to a comforting position in Christ. So I think we're in for a real treat and a heartwarming experience to get into this book, which is really, Brother Lee, called the autobiography of Paul. And that is very key. In this book, we get a lot of windows into Paul the person and his own experience and his own history and his experience of Christ. It's quite a remarkable book. And I think that all of us, uh, Francis, can identify with these uh, Corinthian believers, both in the mistakes that uh, were made and also in the need of an encouragement, 
a comforting word and a real return into the love of Christ, and that's what Paul ministers in this first chapter. Mm-hmm. Why don't we join Witness Lee? We come to second book. Hallelujah. You know, this book is altogether 13 chapters, but just introduction occupies one and a half chapters. No other book in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, no other book has such a long introduction. You may ask why the introduction of this book is so long. Because, listen, number one, this book has a long background. What background? A background of rebuking. A background of dealing. That is the entire book of the first epistle. The first epistle has 16 chapters. In all those 16 chapters, Paul rebuked them. Paul dealt with them. Paul argued with them. Because there was such a long background. So, (laughs) in the second book, there was the need of a long introduction. Actually, the long introduction is a kind of long comfort. You know, sometimes the parents spank children so seriously. Then after a while, the child repented, and the mother or the father had to spend longer time with tears to bind, to put some ointment. Didn't you do that? I tell you, first chapter is just oiling, the binding, the binding of the wounded part of the body. So, it needs a long introduction. Number two, Paul was very emotional when he was rebuking, even though he was restricted by the Spirit. My, he was still quite strong. You know, in chapter 4 of the first book, he said, What? Do you want me to come with, with a rod to you? He was, he was more than emotional. He needed a longer time to express his emotion. This is why you have chapter 1. You read it. He was just repetitious. Father of compassions and God of all encouragement, who encourages us in all our affliction, that we may be able to encourage those who are in every affliction through the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged. (laughs) I think we can condense these three verses just into one sentence. Dear Corinthian brothers, you know I have been encouraged, so I encourage you now. Good enough. He was emotional. So he becomes so repetitious. Okay, in this long introduction, you could see a person. Maya, I love this person. He is emotional, he is sympathizing, and he is soft. And sometimes he is uh, tough, and he is honest, and he is sincere, and he doesn't play politics. He was such a person. I must tell you the truth, I really have learned quite much of him. 
If you say brotherly, of whom you have learned so much in your whole life, as an old man now, I say, number one, Paul. Number two, watch my knee. Francis, one of the things that strikes me here, of course, Witness Lee's uh, insight into Paul's way, but also this personal word he gives at the end. It's like in spending all those years, 50, 60 years that Witness Lee studied the Bible, it's like he got to know the person of Paul. And that really is a helpful tool, isn't it, as we come to study any of the writings of the New Testament? It's marvelous how he refers to uh, liking Paul. Yeah. (laughs) I really like him. I think he meant I really love him. I think Brother Lee had uh, a kind of an ability in his study of the Word to get into the real feeling of the writers. He would touch the spirit of the writer, and in this case, he really touched Paul's emotions. And I think that's a a very key thing for any of us that try to minister the Word, that we would not be cold and indifferent and and just doctrinal and academic. Yeah, But to have an emotion is really an, an essential part. An emotion like this, Paul displays, comes out of his much experience and being comforted by God as a father of compassions and the God of all comfort. I really am touched with his uh, dealing with these Corinthians now in such a tender way because of his own experience. So I think we're really in for something to learn very much. Emotions are not a bad thing. They just need to be uh, recovered and restored and transformed in our living with Christ as our person so that we can express the emotions of Paul, who really expressed the emotions of Christ. Yeah, that was a point I wanted to come to. I I recall in our study of 1 Corinthians when we got to that portion where Paul at one time said, this is my command, but not the Lord's. Then in another place he said, this is my opinion. And yet all of these uh, expressions are part of the divine record. They're part of God's Word. And so it's like the Lord was using this person Paul, who was living in absolute oneness with Christ and in Christ, to express, in a sense, his own feelings regarding the situation. And I think that's somewhat we see here. All of these things, the expression of the emotion, and not just the teachings and the doctrine that Paul expresses, but even the way he expresses has now all been sovereignly incorporated into God's Word. So there's something here that is very significant, isn't there, Francis, as to what this all conveys in in the New Testament economy? It sure means a great deal because that shows the experience of a person like Paul was really under the taking of Christ as his person through so many years and through so many experiences so that he had the real feeling of Christ himself. He was reliving Christ by taking Christ as his person in his emotions, in his will, in his mind. He could say, we have the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. Now he says, I'm displaying the emotions of Christ. To comfort you, I can comfort you with the comfort that I've gotten myself from the Lord. That's uh, a very good lead-in to where we're going, by the way. That's the next verse I wanted to read, so I'm just going to pick it up right there, and we'll use that to introduce this coming portion. Verse 4 says, who comforts us in all our affliction, that we may be able to comfort those who are in every affliction through the comforting with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And I think a simple casual reading of this verse probably uh, 
uh, perplexes people. It seems like Paul is repeating himself, but actually what's being conveyed here is very sweet and very genuine, which we'll see in this coming portion. So let's rejoin Witness Lee. The first spiritual help we could receive from his long instruction is that we must have some experience. Then we can help others. In other words, we must be encouraged to encourage others. When you are experienced, you do have a capital to do the encouraging business. If you have never been suffering and encouraged by God, you could never encourage others. Your word of encouragement will be just empty. That is the empty check. You write a check of a million dollars. Even you cannot put out one damn. You don't have the capital. You don't have the experience. You don't have the reality. You must firstly suffer, and suffer not for yourself, but suffer for the Lord, for his interest. Then you got comforted. You got encouraged by God. Then that experience becomes your capital to encourage others. So, you must be first encouraged. Then you can go to encourage others. Francis, that was a short section, but it it had a very rich and profound meaning, didn't it? It really did, Chris. I feel that we got to know Paul in a fresh way in that little short word. And uh, to realize that we cannot be encouraging to others if we have not been encouraged ourselves. And many of us have plenty of failures and plenty of disciplines from the Lord, different experiences that we go through that really are a discipline from the Lord. And if we take that and we have a good attitude toward the Lord, he will certainly comfort us. And when we get that kind of comfort, we're able to comfort others who are in any kind of problem. This is uh, such a key point in the life of the Apostle Paul and others of the apostles, but particularly his life had, as you just said, many instances of great, severe suffering, affliction, persecution. If you study his life at all, it was not a life where he just sort of marched in from city to city and was received and the gates of the city were thrown open and they received him as some, uh, you know, celebrity. It was quite the opposite. He yeah, was right. thrown into prison. He was slandered. He was beaten. His life was threatened and uh, all manner of sufferings. And yet in verse 6, he says, whether we are afflicted, it is for your comforting and salvation. So he interpreted everything that happened to him, be it good or bad, in the context of the body and ministering to the members of the body, didn't he? Yes, that's the marvelous thing about Paul. All his experiences turned out to be his ministry, which really ministered to all the saints with whom he had contact. Francis, as we concluded the life study of 1 Corinthians, a striking point at the end of 1 Corinthians was that Paul really labored on this matter of Christ becoming the life-giving spirit in resurrection, and he pointed the believers whom he had just chastised and dealt with to the resurrected Christ. And now, as he opens his second book, he picks up right where he left off in the first book, and we see the matter of resurrection 
prominently uh, brought out in this first chapter. In verses uh, 8 and 9, he says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of our affliction which befell us in Asia, that we were excessively burdened beyond our power, so that we despaired even of living. Indeed, we ourselves had the response of death in ourselves, that we should not base our confidence on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Mm. Here's the suffering, and yet here's the resurrection. Marvelous. Let's go back to Witness Lee. When they were in Asia, Paul wrote the first epistle to the Corinthians. Paul and his co-workers were in affliction. They were suffering there. We do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, as to our affliction which came to us in Asia that we were excessively burdened. Burden here is not burden with a responsibility, but burden with a pressing weight. In other words, the persecution, the attack was too heavy upon the apostles. So they were weighed down. They were pressed down. They were burdened to such a degree that by their own natural power, they just cannot bear it. They have no way out. So they just couldn't have any confidence in themselves but in God, who raises the dead. Now, you see, what is the conclusion of the first book? Resurrection. And then, what is the beginning of the second book? resurrection. Actually, the second book brings us back to the ending of the first book. The first book ends with resurrection. And now the second book begins with that. In the second book, it is not a matter of gifts. It is a matter of ministry. Whatever is in this second book, ministry and living, it is of the resurrection life. Paul wrote the first letter telling the Corinthian believers that resurrection still is here. And this resurrection should be our daily life and should be the power for our daily life. Should be the power for us to overcome sin and death. Now, in the second book, he gives testimony how they lived. They have no confidence in themselves. That means no way to live in old creation. Their confidence could only be in God, who is resurrection. In the very God who raises the dead. By this word, you could see, they counted themselves dead already. And these shows us the apostle, the writer of the first book, was not only the writer of the resurrection. He was one the lived resurrection. Paul gives us a testimony of their living in the resurrection life. It is this kind of experience that constituted them, the ministers of the new covenant. 
Francis, uh, this is just marvelous. All these problems that plagued the church in Corinth and Paul's dealing with them in the first book, item after item, and he points them to Christ. He points them to the experience of Christ. He really is pointing them to resurrection life as the solution to all their problems. And now in the second book, he demonstrates it by his own living, his own testimony. That's really the marvelous thing, Chris, that he really demonstrates what this matter of resurrection is that he touched so thoroughly, doctrinally, I would say, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now he's a man living in that resurrection and uh, passing on the experience of the resurrection life for them to be brought into. And I feel like we have some experience of this in knowing Brother Lee. He was a man that lived in resurrection. Therefore, he was able to comfort us. He was able to instruct us. He was uh, a man that lived the resurrection life. And uh, the marvelous thing is that Christ, in his resurrection, became the life-giving spirit. And as the life-giving spirit, he imparts this resurrection life into his believers. The sad thing, Chris, is that so many believers don't experience the resurrection. They are talking about the cross. They're talking about the, the sufferings of this kind of thing, but don't enter into the resurrection. That's available to all of us as believers. This resurrection life is the life-giving spirit, and he is now in our spirit. Therefore, by contacting the Lord, calling on his name, we can experience the resurrection life. Francis, I think that's a great point to end the program on. Let's just underscore it. For every believer, everyone listening, when we all receive Christ at the moment we're saved, we don't just receive everlasting life. We receive Christ the resurrected one as our eternal life. So resurrection life has been installed in all of us, hasn't it? Right, that's right. That's the marvel of it, that we all have this power within us. (laughs) (laughs) This is something that encourages us day by day. No matter what kind of problems we go through or what kind of suffering there may be of Christians, for the Lord's sake, this resurrection power is the way out or the way on. So uh, Paul writes not only himself but for his co-workers. He keeps saying we suffered and it came upon us. We were under such pressure that we despaired even of life itself, which Brother Lee pointed out means that they could no longer live by their old creation life. So we need this new creation life to live by, and we have it available to us. What a marvel that Christ resurrected, became the life-giving spirit, imparted his Uh, the benefits of his death, and all the power of his resurrection into our spirit. So those circumstances such as Paul found himself in, and perhaps many who are listening to us today feel that they're in such a circumstance, really serve in the divine point of view to strip us of our ability to live the old creation, and number two, our confidence to trust anything other than God himself, which is really the entry into resurrection, isn't it? That's right. You know, he pointed out all these things in 1 Corinthians that occupy people so much, including the gifts. Yeah. But the greatest gift we have is the Christ who is resurrection in our spirit. Francis, we have uh, day by day uh, before us in this life study of 2 Corinthians to see Paul in this light one who is living in the reality of the resurrection life of Christ. And I think this will be a great benefit and a real ministry to all of us. I look forward to all the chances we have to be together in the coming weeks. I hope you'll save me a spot on this as we go through 2 Corinthians. I think this is a real treat. 
Lord willing, we'll have you with us many, many times, Francis, for this coming life study. Well, that's our first program in the life study of Second Corinthians, all the time that we have today, but we hope we've uh, whetted your appetite to some degree and that you will join us for as many of these coming programs as possible. If you'd like to get an early start on your own study and enjoyment of these matters, we invite you to contact us right away to get the printed life study volumes for Second Corinthians. There are two volumes in the printed life study. If you'll call us toll free, we'll let you know how you can get those for yourself. It's one eight 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 life study eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight or through email you can reach us at radio at lsm.org. And please be with us again tomorrow as we continue now the first week of Second Corinthians. For Francis Ball and Chris Wild, thank you very much for listening. Dear Lord, we give ourselves to Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.